like Tim Stout, Stout on Sports. From our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. That airs weekday mornings, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. in Lansing. Huge show airs weeknights at 6 p.m. on a tape-delayed basis. And Tim, what do you think of the MSU win over Akron? And uh, they're an underdog, I think, three-point underdog, give or take, going out to Washington. What goes down Saturday against the Huskies? Well, I just got done looking at some video of Washington's first two games, Bill, and they're exactly like Michigan State. I mean, they beat Kent State 45-20, to and they beat Portland State 52-6. to So what am I supposed to get out of that? I mean, I agreed with what Chris Ballas told you last night, that, you know, when you watch Michigan play, you know, Colorado State and Hawaii, how can you really determine, you know, what you're seeing there one way or the other? I'm not smart enough. I don't know football well enough to watch games against misguided, you know, mismanaged team, misguided teams, teams that don't match, like an NFL game against a CFL team, in my opinion. I mean, I think State has, I, I think State's got enough veteran players to win out there because, you know, again, that team hasn't played anybody. They'll be all excited. The thing about Washington that has me concerned for Michigan State is Michael Penix, the quarterback, because I saw him complete 21 straight passes when he was playing for Indiana in Spartan Stadium. And Indiana would have won that day, but he got injured and went out of the game, and State managed to come back and narrowly win. And he's had injury issues, you know, at Indiana till he finally transferred to Washington. Now he's off to a very good start, and they're excited about him because you know they have a quarterback that can play. Plus, I'm not one. I'm not at all convinced that Michigan State secondary is that much you know, better than what it was a year ago when it finished dead last in the nation. You can't tell me that playing Western and Akron with, you know, Western had a a first game quarterback and Akron starter got knocked out of the game earlier in the second stringer. I don't, I think you could beat him out. So that's who they faced. And those teams managed to still throw the ball around a bit. Both of the teams state played, turned the ball over excessively had neither of them turned the ball over, if nothing else, those games would have been much uh, a much closer score, especially Western Michigan. That said, if Peyton Thorne plays better and Morse throws it more accurately on the West Coast than what he's done in the first two, you know, I think State certainly could probably pull out a close game. I think you know both these teams have got some some question marks. I guess I like State in a very close game just simply because I think Washington is so new with so many new players that when it's all said and done, uh, State has a, you know can, can win the game. But if they lose, Bill, that doesn't surprise me either because they don't have Kenneth Walker, and I think he's a difference maker, um, and I think this will be a really, really close game. Finally, and you look at State's schedule moving forward, the days of these blowouts are going to be over for about eight or nine games because until they get to Rutgers in Indiana, they've got, in my opinion, really tough games coming up. So we'll see how they, you know, how they progress. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports and our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. I know it's tough to take anything out of the first two games for either Michigan State or Michigan, but what positives have you taken that could help the Spartans fly back with a W over Washington Saturday night? Well, it appears that they've got three running backs. None of them are Walker, but, you know, those three guys realize that they're going to have to play well 
uh, especially Jarek Broussard. He's the kid that's in from Colorado who Tucker had. And Elijah Collins, I think, you know, they all know, Bill, if they don't play well, there's two guys behind him over on the bench that are ready to commit, so they better play well. Uh, so, I, you know, and, and, you know, you're talking about positive. I'm thinking the other way because Jaden Reed got knocked out of the Akron game, and I'm not convinced he's going to play, and they need him, frankly. But it looks to me, you know, like they're – their offensive line, you know, can, can protect Thorne a bit. I, I'm hesitant to tell you that I'm completely sold. You know, they haven't used their place kicker very much except for extra points. They picked the ball through the end zone, so I guess that's good. They, the punter's tremendous, and they always have a punter, and he's a game changer. I mean, in Washington, if Berenger, he kicks the ball down the other end of the field, Bill. I mean, I think that's a huge factor. you got to make that panic go. I don't know if you've seen him. He's good. He's a very accurate. He's got good speed. He, you know, he can make plays on his feet. He's left-handed. He throws the ball well down the field. Now, whether or not you know Washington and he are all on the same page for a team like Michigan State, you know, remains to be seen. I think Tucker's well aware. Mel Tucker's well aware that this is obviously the biggest challenge they've had moving forward. But like I say, I just, I'm watching right now in the office. I'm watching some clips of Washington's first two games. And, you know, if you knew they were playing Ohio State, you'd say, man, this Washington team's really good. But they're playing Portland State. So I, I, it's just so hard for me to get a read on that. And this isn't the first year. I mean, I, with all, like when Ohio State played Arkansas State last week, well, I know they went up and down the field on them, but that's Arkansas State. Against Notre Dame, they struggle, and Notre Dame's 0-2. In my world, I got to see you play a team that's of equal strength or better. Because even if you lose a – like Texas – Texas, to me, is a very good team, and they did it with their second-string quarterback. Now, if he can integrate that, I think Texas is going to be a tough team to beat moving forward because they pushed the top team in the nation all the way to just about the final play. That, to me, says something. But when you play these these mismatched games, I mean, Michigan, do you realize, I had it up today, Bill, Michigan's first three opponents, the point spreads total 124 points. That's an average of a 41-point favorite per game. They're a 46-and-a-half-point favorite over Connecticut this week. I challenge you to find me a three-game stretch in the history of college football where any team through three games was a combined 124-point favorite. I think it's embarrassing. I really do. I think it's embarrassing the way they've let college football dictate these non-conference schedules to win these games at all costs. And almost all these, you know, like Alabama's playing, what, Louisiana Monroe? They're a 52-point favorite after playing Texas. It, it's, to me, it's got to change. And with a new media rights deal, I hope these networks have got it written into those contracts, Bill, where they're going to dictate who you're going to play. We're going to pay you this money. You aren't playing Akron. You're not playing Hawaii. Michigan, you're playing Notre Dame. And Michigan State, you're playing Washington and teams like that. And I would make it that way across the Big Ten because I don't think it helps college football in any way, shape, or form to put those games together. I really don't. I think it's coming. I I do believe there's going to be one mid-major non-conference dog game, if I can call it that, that the schools will schedule. I think they're going to increase conference play by a game because of $7 billion plus in TV money. And then you'll have, through that alliance with the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, or wherever it is, you'll get like one of those conference challenges where this network owns the rights to the Big Ten and ACC or whoever, and you'll get another game that will be kind of 
uh, interconference, and that will be it. And I, I really – they're not paying $7 billion plus for Marshall to beat Notre Dame or for Michigan to beat up on Hawaii or State to crush Akron. They're not. No no question. And further than that, Bill, how many season ticket holders are paying top-flight dollars with seat licenses and all that and the cost of going to these games anymore and seat decent seats, and you're watching a game that is essentially over after the first quarter, if not before? I mean, I don't think the spirit of college athletic competition dating back to whenever it began was ever devised that we're going to set this up so that it's a payday for the people that can't afford to get their own money together, like the Bajors, and it's a win for us so that our coach can keep winning and we can go to a bowl game. That's just, you know, it's a survivor battle. One is a financial survival, and the other, it's a win survival so that we can get into this bowl system. But I'm with you, and boy, am I rooting for what you're saying there. I mean, if you add more conference games or whatever, even if it's a mismatched conference game, at least you're in the same conference and they're on a level playing field. But some of these games, to me, are, are just preposterous the way they are. And I'd like to just blame Michigan, but I can't because I think State's the same way. Now, this week, again, you got a 7.30 p.m. game here on the East. Michigan State will have plenty of viewers, and Washington probably will. Again, Washington hasn't played anybody. So, but the difference is they're getting a home game. they got a first-year head coach, and he's a former Indiana assistant. He was with Penix. And look, they're going to be enthused, and they're going to be all excited. And State's going to have some guys on the field playing who don't have a lot of experience in big games. I mean, you know, they're new starters. They're good in the MAC because they've beaten Western and Akron, and Western and Akron are close to the best teams in the MAC. So there's intrigue. This, And they're, frankly, I'm excited because there's intrigue now for State for the next eight or nine games. When I look at their schedule, Bill, they're, they're, they're going to have to play, and maybe they will, and maybe they are good. I just don't know it from these first two games. Akron was awful. Awful. I'd rather have seen Akron play Hawaii and State play Michigan in the nightcap and have a two-game series like they do in the NFL. But we didn't see that. I've watched some really bad football. Like the Arizona Cardinals against the Chiefs, Tim, the tackling, the lack of effort, I... It was as bad as I've ever seen it. And Arizona is supposed to be this up-and-coming team. You know, Kyler Murray giving him house money. And and even college football. Look at Notre Dame losing to Marshall. If you're NBC, Tim, and Notre Dame wants $60 million a year, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to look back and say there's still a TV draw, but if they're losing to the Marshalls, why on earth would NBC pay $60 million a year to Notre Dame? They're not. And NBC, as it is, is looking to change how it does business. They're talking about cutting a primetime hour out in the future from 10 to 11. They need all this rights money for everything they're paying. And toward your point... You know, Notre Dame is cackling a bit because they think they're going to get this deal from NBC, and I think they can. But it isn't just a one-way street. Like you say, no matter what Marshall did to Notre Dame, the nation doesn't care. If that's going to happen, Notre Dame's got to play Michigan or Southern Cal. Or I mean, that, that, that's, that, it, this is business. It's got to be good for both parties and all that. Plus, why do the Notre Dame fans want to go watch Marshall? They don't. With all due respect to Marshall, and that was a good win, but this is a brand-name star. You know, it's a star system and all that. But, and and I, I just think – and I, don't, I haven't seen the contract, obviously, so I don't know what – goes into it from the network side, but they're, they've got shareholders. They, they, you know, they're in business for a profit. And, and that's the thing about the NFL. Our, my, you know, we're NBC. Our boss says anytime NFL football is on NBC Sunday Night Football, we, the, the, the ratings we get 
are miles ahead of everything in college, including whatever Michigan or Michigan State's on, miles ahead Sunday night. Well, one reason for that, of course, is they put good games on Sunday night, and in the NFL, everybody's on a level playing field, and, you know, the action, you know, is pretty level and even across the board. I think college football has got to come to its senses with this. I mean, if you were a fan sitting there after a weather delay in the rain for Hawaii and Michigan, what do you get out of that for what you have to pay? And in the Akron-Michigan State game, even if State goes up and down the field, Bill, you're doing it against a team that is just nowhere near the same caliber that you are. I, it just, But it's it's been that way. And by the way, I had a guy today to me, sent me on the air, he sent me because this is the 40th anniversary of Michigan State's 1982 schedule. The 1982 schedule, which was an 11-game schedule, they opened at Illinois, Big Ten game, came home to play Ohio State, went to play Notre Dame, came home to play Michigan, went to Wisconsin, came home to play Iowa. It was a nine-game conference schedule then, two non-conference, and one of them were Notre Dame. And like you say, you know, the usual you're going to get one in there it's probably a game that isn't a big deal in non-conference. But that was 40 years ago. And why has the system changed today that you get these preposterous non-conference matchups that just have no relevance? At least now, Michigan State's got a game that it's fan-based Saturday night, and Washington's too, for that matter, that they can enjoy watching because we got a level playing field, a lot of excitement. They're both undefeated. Whoever wins that game, Bill, now you're going to get a little bit more attention. i got to ask you one other thing. How can Michigan be number eight in the Associated Press preseason poll? They beat Colorado State and Hawaii and moved up four spots to number four. On the basis of what? To me, they should still be number eight because you had them that way before you saw them play. Now they've played those two nobodies, and they moved up four spots. It's just mind-boggling to me the way the system works. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, weekday mornings at 10 a.m. You can hear the huge show tape delayed in Lansing weeknights at 6 p.m. on a.m. 7.30. The game, Timmy, have a great night. We'll talk soon. Anytime, Bill. Love the show. Talk to you soon. All right. Tim Stout joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners, speaking of Lansing and East Lansing, with Michigan State University.